Welcome to Faith and Freedom. We hope to inform, inspire, and encourage you to stand up for faith and freedom as we discuss victories and challenges in the courts, in public policy, and in the culture. Faith and Freedom is brought to you by Liberty Council, a litigation, education, and policy organization. Join us now as we address the latest cultural issues across America and around the world. As court concluded, she wept. We're going to be talking about this on Faith and Freedom. I'm Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. Joining me is Holly Mead. Well, recently I presented oral argument before a panel of three judges at the First Circuit Court of Appeals in our lawsuit against the tyrannical Governor Janet Mills and her shot mandate, which has already harmed and continues to injure so many people in the state of Maine. In fact, what Janet Mills did and uh, her agency is they required the COVID-19 shot to be administered to all of these healthcare providers uh, in designated healthcare facilities throughout Maine. And threatened those hospitals that did not follow through with the mandate. Yeah, the, uh, the amazing thing was is she not only required that all the healthcare providers in these designated health facilities get the COVID shot, but she also told the employers of all these designated healthcare facilities that you cannot even entertain, you cannot grant a religious accommodation. Now, Title VII is a federal law, and it applies to any employer that has 15 or more employees. So it's going to apply to all these healthcare providers across Maine. Very few small doctor's offices would be exempt from that, but most of them would be underneath Title VII. And consequently, what happens is Title VII says that you can't discriminate on the basis of religion. So if you have an employment policy, like a mandate to get a mm -hmm. COVID shot, and it conflicts with your religious belief, then you bring that to the attention of the employer. You tell them that you have a sincere religious belief. In this case, it may be because of the aborted fetal cell connection. It could be for a broader reason that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit and you don't want to defile it with any kind of unknown chemical or poison that could harm it. You bring that to the attention of the employer. The employer then considers your request and has an obligation to evaluate it and then to undertake reasonable accommodation unless reasonable accommodation is not possible. In this case, reasonable accommodation for all these healthcare workers we know is possible. And the reason right. why we know it is because that's, in fact, what they were doing before the mandate. They were reasonably accommodating all of their health care providers. These individuals, they were able to come to work. Many of them had already gotten COVID, so they already had natural immunity. Uh, when they did come to work, they did their PPE. You know, I'm not saying that that was all effective, but that's what they did. Right. And To comply. To yeah. comply. And uh, all the employees, they complied with that. They wanted to protect people, and the hospital allowed those kinds of accommodations in order to keep functioning. Right. What happened? There was not just some new COVID strain. There was not COVID that just all of a sudden popped up. The only thing that changed was the mandate for months and months. Which I imagine the mandate was probably followed by dollars that the hospitals got. Well, no, and we're going to go shot, into right? that. So for months and months, you know, they allowed <clears throat> these employers uh, and, and employees to go through whatever accommodation and operation they were able to do to function. And these, are, and then these healthcare workers worked tirelessly during COVID. So we have one of our 
clients. Uh, they were anonymous, but the judge required their names to be unmasked, if you will. So they're now known. But the reason why they were anonymous is because they got threats. Right. But, but uh, and the, the media, media wanted, wanted them to yeah. have their names. Right. Now, what good did that do? Because they thought that they would scare them away. They didn't run. And so one of our lead plaintiffs is a lady by the name of Lowe, L-O-W-E. Uh, and she is a nurse in Maine. She got her AA degree, her bachelor's of science degree, and her master's degree in nursing. She was a head nurse for many years. In the OR department. Doing an amazing job. She was yeah. a head nurse in the OR for 20 years. She's mm -hmm. been a nurse. And she worked through COVID, uh, but she had a sincere religious belief that she was not going to get the COVID shot. And right. so she, along with many, many others in Maine, said no. Well, they were all fired, and they were fired because the employer said, we can no longer continue to consider religious accommodation requests. No longer. They had done that before, but the mandate came in and said, we can't do it anymore because if we do, the governor says that we'll lose our license. So the governor actually had a directive that if an employer grants a religious accommodation request for whatever reason, that employer would be fined daily fines and they would lose their license. They wanted to have all of their healthcare workers get the COVID shot. The only exception would be medical, but not religious. And if you did anything for religion, you would be fined and you could lose your license. So you can imagine a big hospital with, you know, a small number of employees that say, I don't want it because of religious convictions. And even if the hospital wanted to grant it, which they had done before, they couldn't because they said, well, we'll lose our license. But it, but it doesn't make sense if they're doing it for so-called health reasons. They're going to give a medical accommodation to one person who doesn't have to have the shot. But no, they won't give it to the other person because of religious accommodation. Yeah, so from the individual's perspective, looking at a person that doesn't have the COVID shot, if you have concerns about someone not having the COVID shot, it really makes no difference to you whether the person doesn't have the COVID shot because of a medical reason mm -hmm. or for a religious reason. The fact of the matter is they don't have the COVID shot. So these medical professionals who have gone through medical school who should know the science are allowing this tyrannical governor to control them. So after the oral argument, I presented the argument before a panel of three judges and the lower court dismissed uh, the case. Uh, the Court of Appeals, however, was very receptive to our arguments and actually confronted the attorney for the state uh, during the oral argument with a great uh, question that I think really indicates where the panel is going. I think that we ultimately will see a reversal, uh, which means that we will go back down to the lower court and then we will engage in discovery. So some of those questions, Holly, that we were just talking about, you raised uh, the money and other kinds of things. Uh, those are the kinds of issues now that we'll be able to go back and do discovery on yeah. when the court ultimately reverses uh, the decision. I'd be very surprised if the court did not reverse based upon how the argument uh, proceeded that day. But we do need to pray that they will see the light. Uh, but it was it was very encouraging listening to it. And, you know, you, you started your usual argument, and all of a sudden this one judge just kind of started laying it all out for you. And I'm like, what is she doing? She's taking Matt's time. And she was pretty much presenting the case, and then she throws it to the and other then she side. Asked me, she says, is that your position? And, yeah. and I said, exactly. In fact, uh, Judge Lynch is the one who did it. And she exactly 
understood what our argument mm -hmm. was. And I didn't know what was coming next, but then no. she went on to another question and I realized uh, she understood exactly what our argument was and she went right to the heart of the issue. Later on, when the attorney for the state of Maine got up to argue, Judge Lynch uh, asked that attorney and said, quote, you obviously have not been reading the U.S. Supreme Court precedent on this, or else you would not have filed your motion to dismiss, close quote. A drum roll right there. Yeah, that was a big <laughs> moment right there when she said uh, to the attorney, I mean, you never want to have a judge say, no. you obviously haven't read the you Supreme Court You haven't done Court your precedent. homework. <laughs> yes. uh, two of those uh, court precedents were uh, created by Liberty Council in our case involving Harvest Rock Church, which we won. 5-4 in December 2020, and then again 6-3 in February of 2021, mm -hmm. striking down these COVID mandates in California. But that's what she's referring to, these Supreme Court precedents, and I think we're going to get a strong reversal and go back and have the opportunity to have our day in court. As that argument concluded, our lead plaintiff, Mrs. Uh, Ms. Lowe, she um, was contacted by our staff and she wept as she uh, talked to our staff. Uh, she was so happy to hear her case being argued in court with a panel that seemed to really get uh, this whole situation. And understand, Matt, I mean, these plaintiffs, they have, like we said, they have fought on the front lines for people to, to help save people. And then, and then you turn it around, they say, Liberty Council is defending us pro bono. We're not paying them anything. And they, and I think it's just sometimes hard for them to believe someone would defend them after all they've been through. Well, there's a lady where her name is, uh, we're not using her real name. Her name is Kara. She's a registered nurse. She has told us she witnessed two spontaneous abortions, one stroke, two cases of complete body paralysis, partial paralysis, six cases of severe shedding of the uterine lining and tissue, and two spontaneous deaths, all which happened to her patients within days of taking the jab. Mm. Megan, unfortunately, 37-year-old, was not so lucky as some of our patients or clients who refused. She was in the best of physical shape of her life as an athlete. She also is a nurse. She worked in a COVID ICU. She took the jab, and now she is suffering significant physical consequences as a result. For more information, go to Liberty Council's website, pray for our case against Maine, also New York, and other healthcare workers that we're representing around the country. For more information, lc.org forward slash vaccine. You've been listening to Faith and Freedom, brought to you by Liberty Council. Visit Liberty Council's website at lc.org.